Thank you for tuning in. My name is Nella, and welcome to my podcast, Ethereality. Today, we're hearing a near-death experience story from Felice DiMartino. She was hit by a truck while walking into a crosswalk, which catapulted her into another dimension. Thank you so much, Felice, for being here. Tell us about your near-death experience, and then let's chat about some of the things that you learned having gone through that. Okay, on December 2nd, 2015, I left work. I was teaching in a Montessori school. I left work and I went to walk to my car, which was parked in a parking lot that the school had rented. On my way there, I got to a crosswalk. I waited for the light to give me the right of way. It's a very well-used, busy intersection. And at that time of the day, it is extremely well-traveled. People going home from work, going to pick up their kids, all of that. As soon as I had the right of way to cross, the car stopped. I remember that. I remember the car stopping. And then I proceeded to cross the street. Up from behind me came a large pickup truck. I never saw it coming. I just knew it was a pickup truck after I had been hit. So it came up from behind me and it made a left-hand turn. Turns out that she sped up to avoid an oncoming car and make the left-hand turn before the car went straight past her. So she made a left-hand turn and hit me about three quarters of the way across the crosswalk. I left my body and I was looking down at the scene There was a sense of disorientation at first because it's in such an instant, you know, sometimes we can prepare when we know that we may be crossing over or that, that it's coming soon. So this was a complete out of nowhere, right? Out of left field, literally. And I was above my body. There was a sense of disorientation as I was looking down upon the scene and assessing what I was viewing below me. When that subsided, I I heard through this period, it was like a spotlight shining beneath me. I was able to hear what was going on, feel what was going on and see what was going on below me with senses beyond the physical sense or the hearing sense, because of the way I was laying, I couldn't have seen that, right? My, my body was still lying in the road. There was this overwhelming sense of, am I going to be able to go back there? My kids are there right? There was a question of if I was going to be able to go back. And I understood that I would be able to go back. And in that moment, there was a clear point of knowing that I would be going back. Again, my, the draw for my kids was really strong. In my, the state that I was experiencing, it wasn't a question anymore, right? It was like, I'm going to go back. So the scene below started to fade And there was a sense of lifting up, 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 up. And first, I want to say that in the assessment period, I couldn't see what was going on in my body, which was multiple fractures and broken bones and internal swelling and organ damage and internal bleeding and a cracked skull. I mean, I was not in good shape in my, in my physical body. And there was a sensation of going up and it was this sense of the body was shutting down at some point, the state and who I was now existing as was being infused with energy and it was enlivened. So uh, there was a sense of going up and I was merged with a complete 
illuminated blackness. And it was an illumination of love. I want to say it was this illumination of the purest frequency infused in this total blackness. I love that explanation because it's just, it's such a contradiction, illuminated blackness. We think of blackness, we think of dark, dark is the absence of light. So to say illuminated blackness, it really exemplifies the fact that we're talking about something otherworldly. It does. It's so interesting. You said that because yesterday in my meditation, what came up to me was the light in the darkness and that applies to the light in the darkness when we transition. It's all light. It's all purity. And the light in the darkness when we experience circumstances and situations and emotions and thoughts and things that happen in our humaning, when we experience darkness, there's this light that lies dormant within it that will be cracked open to glean insights and growth and evolution. I pieced that together yesterday. It's, it's thank you for picking that up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what happened in this illuminated blackness? So I was simply being in the illuminated blackness. It was this floating merging. I wasn't separate from the blackness. I was at one with the blackness. There was no distinction between a separate me, even though there was a consciousness that was being experienced. It was simply being pure presence and merging with, I'm going to use this term sense of oneness. And it's interesting because words are so interesting to describe these experiences because oneness implies that there's something other than oneness. Like in this state, I, it was like being with all that is, it was this expansive, limitless, timeless, genderless place and state. So I was hanging out there. I, I, I say I. What I was existing as was this being pure presence now. And at some point, there was a shift in a in a frequency. There was a shift in a vibration. And I found myself floating as if I was in a cocoon. And I was aware in the periphery that there were others floating in a cocoon as well. And I say others, we were distinctly unique, yet we were all made up of the same material is how I can describe it. And there was a sense of being held in a cocoon in this nourishing, warm, loving, yet neutral place. I think that's really interesting. Me and Jonathan Van Valen were talking about the idea of merging with that oneness and whether you still have that individuality or not. That's just such an interesting balance because there's still that that consciousness that is in some way separate from the others, yet is still merged into that oneness. It was very distinct, like the pure illuminated blackness was a very distinct experience than this transitioning almost into this other frequency where I was separate yet being held 
um, and there were others that were floating, yet we were all made up of the, the same material. That was more individuated. And it's kind of like the ocean and the wave, right? Each wave in the ocean has a unique shape, a unique, um, I don't know the ocean terminology, but the unique force of the wave, the unique probably numbers of water molecules in it, right? So it's unique, yet it's still the ocean. How I how I see it is, right, we have our soul and then we have our spirit, like our essence, our unique kind of flavor. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's hard to explain. It's kind of it like is. that illuminated blackness. Right. Yeah. It's for me, is such a reference point. It's like I could feel it, touch it, see it, hear it, smell it, because I was there. So I was in this cocoon and I was in this floating state. And out of that came a wondering. And I say a wondering or a thought, if you want to call it. And the way it was experienced is as like an energy packet. As the energy packet culminated, it was met. First of all, uh, there was a wondering of like, where am I? Or what is this? Or or there was an instant meeting that with, I was in a waiting place. Like I knew that I was in some kind of waiting place and this energy packet arose. Well, what am I waiting for? And there wasn't fear. There wasn't anxiety about it. There was no feeling state. It was simply a wondering. There was no attachment. There was no ego. There was no resistance. It was simply being in flow with what was arising. And when this wondering of, well, what am I waiting for? This energy packet built to a culmination and almost popped, I want to say. I was immediately met with what I was waiting for. And right there, is that seed of the law of attraction, right? We have a wondering or a thought or a vision or whatever it is. And when there is no resistance or no ego mind or no pushing against it or no baggage that goes along with it, like we are in pure alignment with, with being met. Like there was nothing in between the wondering and the question and that, which was the answer to the question, there was nothing, no density or no resistance or nothing in between it. So it was immediately met. And there was a light, a pure light, this effulgent, radiant light emanating, emanation of light. And in this light, there was a presence that was other than my own that was made up of the light. And that was the light. Yet it didn't have a form per se, yet I could sense there was an essence, there was a presence that was of this light made up of the light. And I knew that that light and that presence was there for me to guide me, to show me, to answer any wonderings or to meet any wonderings. And it was as if I put my forehead to this presence and understood everything in a flash in an instant and again time is irrelevant here so it's multi-dimensional it speeds up it, it's just we don't have a name for it it is this it's certainly not linear and I understood everything that was going on on earth in my life at the time I understood my soul's journey I understood how my soul had gotten to that point and I understood the nature from my own life and 
in general about the human condition and what it means to to human it didn't come as specific pictures it was it came as knowings and understandings and pops of awarenesses and pops of understanding in a multidimensional way how i had arrived at that point when this presence was sharing information we became merged as one and then kind of then separated out so that i i felt distinctly separate from this presence and then there was this urgency to get back i remember i assured myself in that state and the presence that i would remember everything that was shared and that is something i've just started to unpack like this sense of feeling like i needed to please myself in that state or or like what was the assuring this presence the presence is completely non-judgmental there's no judgment in this place it's more like us judging ourselves almost in that state it was it's been a very interesting nuance that just became into this pop of huh deep awarenesses and unpacking that, you know, as it relates to my life and seeking approval or seeking validation and all of that. So that was really interesting. That was mirrored back. And there was this urgency that if I was going to go back into my body, I needed to go now, right? My body was shutting down and the presence said, when you go back, it's time to live big. And that statement of it's time to live big related to all of the uploads that I had just seen, the ways that I held myself back, the ways that I was in a please the other mode, the ways that the ripple effects that that had into my life and into the lives of everyone around me. And then I asked this presence, I said, who are you? And what was reflected back to me was, I am you. And that is that divine spark that I am presence is within each one of us. We are each and all that. And that is what we can see in the eyes and the hearts of another. So I started to come back down. I started to descend into my body and on the way down, I could see the EMTs working on me and I could hear them. And then I started to see my mouth moving and I could hear vaguely some words that I was saying, yet I was looking at the same time. So at this point, I was not, I was more out ex existing as this other state of being than in my body. And at some point I was on a stretcher and I remember I was hovering about six inches to a foot outside of my body and I could hear the body yet I was this I wasn't feeling anything and I felt like this expansive being of neutrality and loving presence and also at the same time I was being squeezed into this form like a genie in a bottle was it like intuitive did you have to make the decision to enter the body or did you just naturally start squeezing into it? Well, what happened was the, the EMT, like the voices of the people around me and what they, and whatever they were doing to my body, that, that was calling me back. Right. That is really a pull. Like when you're sitting by someone's bedside and they are going off and you, you're talking to them, you're praying for them, you're 
really keeping them here, right? That's how it felt. It felt like I was pulling back, starting to enter more into an energetic vibrational state where that was a pull. So kind of just observing it physically, the electron in an atom doesn't have a place until there is an observer. So it's like you were observing the body and simply the observation itself was drawing you into it and manifesting your spirit back into the body. Well, what it was the energy of the people that were working on me and talking to me. But it was happening like beyond your control. Yes, it was happening beyond my, I wasn't resisting it. Right. There was resistance to it. And also there's this bilocation, right? Bilocation is when you exist in the body and outside of the body, which is not dissociation, right? Because there's, there's dissociation and then there can be intentional bilocation or the experience of bilocation. So as I was in the body before that, I was in the ambulance all along the way to the hospital. I was above the, uh, the roof of the ambulance. I could see what was happening. I could see my body. I could see the EMTs. I could hear the questions. I could also see myself responding. There was someone at my head because they didn't know where exactly exactly the blood, what it was being caused by, right? Profusely pouring out of my head and I was going in and out. So they were talking to me, aiming to keep me in my body. And they were talking to me, the EMTs, there were two of them. And it's like, I was going in and out. I was popping in, I was popping out, but there wasn't a sense of popping. I was simply in and out. And when I became more fully embodied, there was organized chaos. And I was in the emergency room at a level one trauma unit. So that's what happened there. And for many, many days, months, even years after, especially in that first year, you know, I was in the hospital, I was in a rehab, then I was had visiting nurses at home for several months. I mean, I I had to learn to walk again, I couldn't really talk, there was a lot happening. And I was existing in this blissful state of communion that I had just experienced. And it was so palpable. And I heard very loudly, the reminder that all is truly well. And when information was being shared with me, I was able to see that all is truly well. We are perfect, whole, and complete in our eternal nature. We are love. We are never separate from love. It is who we are. It is who we are embodied expressions of. It is who we came here to be. And we are each on different journeys with accessing that. I was shown about the all is truly well, forgiveness, compassion, service, surrender, faith, acceptance, intention, and intention is something that I added because I was shown a lot about intention after I came back. All this being said, we all is truly well. Yes, we are all expressions of divinity. Whether people are accessing that or not, as humans, boundaries are necessary to keep us safe right? It's the mammalian brain and also in our lives. So you can acknowledge 
the essence of who someone truly is, which is love, the divine God source, light, whatever name you give to the God of your understanding, you can acknowledge that that's who someone truly is at their core essence and pay attention to who they're being and have boundaries where boundaries are necessary. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I think that's a good way to look at it. So was there any point in which you had any doubts about your experience or when did the awareness of how unique your experience was, when did that hit you? So thank you so much for asking that question, Nella. So what happened was I was in rehab and I remember I had an Earthlink account. It was a long time, right? Earthlink is like Gmail. I don't even know what that is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I was on my emails. I couldn't really look at the computer. It just hurt my eyes and my brain and whatever. I was on my email and on the side, there was this little ribbon that was running this little ad and it was Dr. Oz having an interview with a woman. And the woman started to describe an experience. And as she was describing it, she said, imagine a hand from the center of the palm all these fingers emerge. So let's say that's our separation at the center of the palm. It all comes together in one. And she was describing an experience that went along with that. And as she was describing her experience, it was like, ding, 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 ding. This is what I just experienced. And it turns out that it was Anita Marjani, who at the time wasn't a well-known name. So that It was after, it was about a week after when I was in rehab or actually longer, however long it was, you know, time just kind of melts that I felt, oh my gosh, that's, I was just there. That's exactly where I was as she was talking about her experience. So that was the first depth of understanding and resonance of what I had just experienced. Like a click. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Totally. It was far out. And I did start to share a little bit. I remember sharing, um, I shared with two or three people once I got home from rehab about what had happened. I mean, there was a lot of focus on my physical structure and organs. I had fractured my pelvis and my sacrum and my pelvic floor. I mean, there was a lot going on in my body and my whole right side and my ribs and my head. And, you know, so there was a lot of focus there, yet I was also existing in this place and, and I couldn't really do anything. I couldn't move. I couldn't draw my head. I had such a raging headache. I mean, I couldn't do anything, but simply be so I had a lot of time to be with the experience, not in a thinking about it, but simply bathing in it. Have you heard a lot of people say that they wished they had an experience like yours? I've heard some people say they wish they had a near-death experience. And let's remember people that there's also trauma to the body that goes along with a near-death experience, which took me a while to embrace. And also- It is possible to experience states that are near-death experience-like without having trauma to the body. There's many ways of being guided to an experience, even without the use of plant medicine, which some people choose, through music, 
through guided visualization. There's a whole bunch of modalities and I've been working with someone to assist and guide people to have states that are similar to a near-death experience and to be able to connect in with your eternal nature, your higher self, to have the experience of our pure state of being while we are embodied. I feel like we are very disconnected Mm -hmm. as a society from those supernatural experiences. I think that thousands of years ago, it was a lot, it was a lot more prevalent. It was a lot more normalized for there to be really heightened spiritual experiences. And it's been dumbed down. It's been, you know, semi removed from our society and our souls are craving that we're craving that catharsis and that supernatural experience. And that's why so many people are drawn to these stories you know, and there are so many other types of those experiences. There's spiritually transformative experiences. Hopefully something in these sharings, you know, and you interviewing so many amazing humans and beautiful people and near-death experiencers ignites a familiarity, ignites a distant remembering, ignites a, ah, a distant, like a resonance of knowing something to be true and not knowing how you know it, yet there's something that resonates in your cells that says, yes, that, I know that somehow, that mm-hmm. aligned, yes, that ineffable knowing that exists within us that is awakened through experiences of itself that's awakened through hopefully some of these interviews, right? I'm putting together something now that combines ancient mystical practices and that awakens the remembering that we know these practices. We've experienced these practices before it lies dormant in our DNA to combine ancient mystical practices, sacred geometry of the body, sound intonation, binaural sounds and binaural beats and brainwave states and guided visualization to access the superconscious, to be in a state of higher chakra awareness, the transpersonal chakras, and to experience a state of being in pure communion with the divine, with our eternal nature, with that eternal place that always exists within us yet it's almost like going out to experience and then bringing all of the wisdom gleaned and all of the information and all of the remembering down into our physical vessels so we can have embodied experiences of divine expression i'm just really excited to have these offerings so that people can experience these states of expanded awareness and who we truly are without having a near-death experience and the trauma that goes along with that because it's like a self-activation right it's like holding space for self-activation of these experiences that then you can access and experience whenever you choose that's so exciting (laughs) i love that too when you were talking about your forehead to forehead so to speak experience with your higher self it was more a sensation forehead to forehead with this presence that was other than my own, yet that I was merged in with. It's like this presence that was there for me as a guide. 
as an angelic guide. So would you say it was your higher self or do you think it was maybe that was just the language that would make most sense to you in the moment, but it could have been maybe a guide or what do you think that was? Yes. It was a presence that was there for me and with me. Yeah. Could it have been your higher self? It could have been my, I, well, it was like the presence was in communion with my higher self Okay. as one. I also am guided to a resonance when I say that when I said, who are you? And I heard, I am you. I found my higher self looking at me, right? It's like this presence kind of not dissipated because it was there. And I think it's still here with me. We all have a presence, a guide that's with us. So it was very clear that that presence was communicating with my higher self. And then when I said right before I came back and I said, who are you? And he's, and they said, I am you. I was looking at my higher self. If that makes any sense at all. What occurred is when I came back, this conduit was open to be in a certain, uh, be in a vibrational state and a vibrational frequency that was a match for a vibrational frequency that comes through now. This is part of the after effects with information that pertain to humanity and the world and what we're going through and the children that are being born onto the planet now. There are so many awakened humans on the planet now and the continuation of souls awakening. And as, as they have babies, children will be held in a space that acknowledges the gifts that we come in with, that acknowledges the superpowers that small children have before the world tells them who to be and that that's not okay and that these senses are silly. And the massive, you know, it's like the pandemic, the massive, massive, massive cracking open to the awakening and the remembering that it's time to live big. There's no playing small. There's time to live big now because the world is waking up and quantum physics is more Uh, present in the consciousness now that supports spiritual awakenings, that supports how we're all interconnected, that supports how love multiplies when it's shared, that supports a shared humanity, that supports the recognition that there's something more than our bodies, that we are more than our bodies, that there is more to this life. There's an old paradigm of what success means And there's a big shakeup. Indeed, there is. I actually personally felt like 2020 was a blessing Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. even though it appeared to be not good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm right with you. You know, and, and, and as souls, we sign up for things before we came in. You know, it's like, the old must break down. So the, the, so then, so there's spaciousness for the new to be built. And that's exactly why I felt like it was a blessing. Exactly. And I feel like it's likely to 
become even more messy for us to rebuild something more sustainable. And, you know, also just to share with your listeners is if ever there's a time when you're feeling so really disconnected from the, from your essence of who you are, from your soul, from the love that you are, it's to get out in nature. Nature is grounding. Nature heals. Nature is a mirror of the purity within us. There's so many answers. There's so much information. And even just being in nature helps to restore us to our natural state, our natural vibration and resonance. There's no spiritual bypassing anything, right? We are cosmic beings. We are multidimensional cosmic beings, right? You can be existing as a soul connection with someone. And on a personality level, it just isn't a vibe for you, right? So to remember that we're all connected on different planes of existence, we don't need to force anything. And also to embrace that, yes, we are cosmic beings. We are also spiritual beings having spiritual experiences, spiritual beings having a human experience, and human beings having human experiences. And whatever arises in the body, to pay attention to that. There's not this toxic positivity or this spiritual bypassing that, oh, all is well. So what does it matter? It's like, no, actually we're wired in certain ways. And that leads us to be able to be self-aware and to grow our awareness, to grow our muscles of resiliency. It's like embodying grit and living in grace. You know, we're in the both end. We're all of it right now. Before we close out, is there anything else that you'd like to add for the listeners? Yes. So what has been coming up for me is to remember that we are all the same in the eyes of love. Love does not discriminate. Love does not judge. And our breath is the bridge to experience connection with the essence of who we truly be. So if you could take a breath with me now, those pauses at the top of the inhale and at the bottom of the exhale, where there is stillness, where you feel like, oh, like where where that could be our last breath, where we could actually be our last breath and be on the other side. And then we get to breathe. It's like that breath is the bridge that connects us across the veil. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's love is the portal and breath is the bridge. Okay, so breathe in and breathe out. And breathe in. And at the bottom of the exhale, Hold it for just a moment. And now breathe in. And at the top of the inhale, hold it for just a moment. And then let it out. So love is the portal and breath is the bridge. I adore that. 
I'm going to start using that now. (laughs) And, and anytime you want to return, you're feeling separate from love, return to those practices of the all as well. It's not easy. That's part of humaning, right? Forgiveness, compassion, acceptance, surrender, faith, service, um, gratitude, intentionality, intentionality, like that returns us back to that state of love. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us about your near-death experience and all the beautiful insights you have. So much gratitude, truly. Love to everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you loved this episode, please consider leaving a review. If you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe so we don't lose each other. And just share the link with somebody who can appreciate this message. Blessings to you all, and I hope to catch you on my next episode.